is obviously when we signed We Are The Ocean, Alfie was 17 and the others were like 18 and 19. So... deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin. Sapnin. You're listening to episode 94 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And I'm getting a vibe that this episode will be nicely pressed, sealed, and collected like vinyl. I'm ill. Hiya, everyone. (laughs) Um... Hiya everyone, Sean here um, <laughs> So yesterday uh, I was recording with my band Raiders And we're doing a secret cover we've been asked to do And mm. um, my voice is gone So please forgive me for the way I currently sound And also please, please forgive us as a podcast For all of Morgan's puns he's ever made <laughs> Jesus Christ I know, yeah, I, I did struggle on this week I mean, but I think I did well I think it, it suited what I was going for I done I done. Uh, anyway, this week's guests are Wes and Mies from Hassle Records. Yes. Yes, our good friends in Hassle Records are celebrating their 15th year anniversary. They have a remarkable story as a label. They've helped release some vastly important albums in our scene from Alexis on Fire, Alkaline Trio, We Are the Ocean, Canterbury, Frank Iro, and so many more, including new artists like Brutus, Foxjaw, and Press Club. So we thought, what better time now to have a chat with them, pick their brains about everything going on and what really goes on behind the scenes in the industry. Yeah, it was an absolutely nice and lovely chat with Wes and Mies. Um can you explain? I know we go into this when in the interview you asked kind of Wes what he does. And I know he kind of like skimmed around there. So have you got like a proper job title for him there that he didn't give us? So Wes is the co-founder and one of the founders of Hassle Records. And then Meese is a project manager. So the two of them, uh, well, basically all four of us kind of have a round table discussion, don't we? About life as an independent label, kind of industry secrets, how everything started and and just mad stories from their first signing of Juliet and the Licks, why some of our favourite bands didn't quite make it like we thought they would, their current roster, the future, and one band that got away, the almost signed, that will blow your mind. 
a little bit gutted for Arsenal, but also very, very chuffed for Arsenal for everything <laughs> they've um, achieved over the last 15 years. So, yeah, congratulations to our friends at Hassel Records for going for 15 years. Thank you very much for giving us the time. And thank you very much for putting out some of those records. They were mm. absolutely... So yeah, some amazing, amazing records. So yeah, congratulations to them and thank you very much. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. As I said, we touch on a lot of different subjects, but as well with all these celebrations, the label are actually re-releasing 15 of their favourite records on vinyl and a limited two-colour press. There's so many of our favourite acts, as we said, like We Are The Ocean, Four Year Strong, who was last week's guest, Frank Iero, and more. They're available from October 30th, but you can pre-order those right now if you head over to their website, hasslerecords.com. That's hasslerecords.com. I like how you said it twice. Like We've said Hassle Records about seven times now, and you were like, yeah. Hassle Records, that's... Hassle Records. Right, guys, if you haven't realised, this week's episode is with Hassle Records. <laughs> so just making sure, Sean, just in case they might think it's a .org or .net or some some things like that. But yeah, it's going to be a great chat. Very excited about it. Talk about loads of our favourite bands. But um, speaking of things happening in the industry, of course, last yes. week... Raiders, your band released your new single Destructo Bot. You have a video coming out tomorrow. What's up? Yes. Well, Saturday. Saturday, the 12th of September. Originally, we were going to go for Friday to keep the releases every Friday, you know, because mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, God put uh, September the 11th on a Friday. So everybody in my band was like, ah, maybe we should not do it on that day. Um, so we haven't so we've literally moved our video back a day so it comes out on september the 12th so yeah if you go to youtube now and it's saturday or gone saturday check out youtube.com forward slash raiders uk and you'll be able to watch the lyric video for destructor bot which has some fantastic characters involved so please please check it out and if you haven't heard destructor bot already please go to twitter instagram or facebook raiders band uk um check it out or go wherever you stream music type in raiders uk and destructo bot it's a ripper it's a ripper please give it a listen it, it is it is a ripper those people have been sexy dancing to it online from what, what i've heard but um while you're online as well make sure to head over to our social media pages at sapping pod on twitter and instagram to give us a cheeky follow Yes, please do. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. If I did that any slower than normal, that's because I was trying to write it the same time as saying it. And I can't. I can't. So, um... What a weird experiment to try while recording a podcast. Um, at Sapnipod, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, my throat is killing me. Oh, well, if you'd like to save Sean's throat, the best place to do that is by going to patreon.com forward slash sapnin well not only can you become involved in our wonderful community give back to the podcast and make it better and bigger than ever before but we can use some of that support to buy sean throat lozenges lozenges to help lozenges lozenges Ah, the old throat lozenge. That's where I was going wrong. I've been using yeah. throat lozenges. Exactly. Um, I needed throat lozenge. 
Yeah. So Which are more expensive. So, yeah, please, please join our Patreon. Go for the maddest tier you can. Make your own tier. If you're a millionaire, if you're listening to this and you're a millionaire, do me a favour. Help me a Morgan out. Chuck us a couple of grand or something just so we can get out of the red and just try and survive. Please. I am literally... Be- this has gone from a podcast. It's just become a begging thing. Please. If you're super rich... And it literally doesn't mean a single thing to you. Like, you could just fucking laugh away fucking <laughs> a grand. Just think about sorting the boys out, please. Because, Jesus Christ, this is a taking a toll on me. That's patreon.com forward slash sapnin. And if you're not a millionaire, <laughs> if you're not a millionaire and you're like, oh, those boys need a coffee or hot chocolate, my preference, you know, small donations help as well. They're all help. And as I said, you get to become a part of a community that loves us and... Loves us. Well, they love, every, love everyone. Everyone loves each other, basically. Well, they love each other. Yeah, they love each other. I got sidetracked because I said the word love. I said the word love, and I remember two of our patrons got married secretly this past week. They did. So. Yes, congratulations. Um, yeah, to Mitch and Emily who did a secret wedding. A um, little bit pissed because I was invited to the actual wedding yeah. they were meant to be having. Well, what's that about? Why weren't we there? I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's get on with the episode. We can maybe argue about this later Yeah, we've, we've rambled on. But yes, this is episode 94 of Sapling Podcast with the wonderful Hassle Records. Check it out. Lovely. Sapling. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Yes! All four of us! All four of us! We never know how that's going to go. There's always someone who, who looks massively confused, and that's fine. Yes! Uh, yeah, this week's guests are uh, Mies Awes from the fantastic Hassle Records. Yes. How are you guys? 
Good, thank you. Good to be here. Very well, thank you. How, how are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah it's all, not too bad. Yeah, it's all right. It's a bit of a grey day in Wales, which is most days normally. So, uh, yeah, just getting on getting on with it and trying it. But, um, yeah, I've been very, very excited to talk to you guys yeah, about this. So, technically, you guys are our first record label that we've had on the podcast as well. So, we've gone... 90 episodes now and you're our first record label so yeah so i guess we have a lot of questions yeah about about yeah. stuff like that so um yeah there's there's going to be a lot for us to touch on uh, throughout this conversation but let's start with it the fact that it's actually house of records 15th year anniversary you've got so much planned now for the rest of the year kind of celebrating this and everything but let's let's take a, a little bit a step back um for listeners who aren't aware, can you explain a little bit about Hassle and both your roles in the record label individually? Sure, yeah. I mean, we actually started as an independent label about 17 years ago. Okay. We started off as um, Eat Sleep Records and Sawpoint, and we did a lot of the American emo and pop punk stuff at the time. Um, the problem was there was a legal problem, and we couldn't carry on with the names, so we split the two labels out, and... Um, we created Hassle Records as our kind of rock, metal, emo, whatever you want to call that kind of heavy genre of music. Uh, so Hassle Labels was formed 15 years ago off the back of starting Sawpoint, basically. Um, and I, I used to work for a bigger company and work for bands like Muse and Garbage and stuff like that. Nice. So he put out a Peter Andre record once. Nice. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. It was the biggest independent single of the year. So actually... Ooh. Go on, Peter. Yes. <laughs> he should come yeah, he should come back and do like an emo mysterious girl or something yeah. like that. That was very on trend. <laughs> <laughs> we probably wouldn't get involved to be honest. <laughs> and Mies, yeah, what was, how did you come first involved in the label and everything? So um so I've been with the label about just over eight years now, so just over half of that time. Um but I was actually interned for the label before that. So um, I interned for about a year part-time and then came in uh, full-time. So my role is effectively like a day-to-day label manager. So I'll deal with a lot of the um, day-to-day communication with PRs, with bands, manufacturing. Um, and then Wes and I just constantly communicate on the side of that about different projects uh, and timelines and you know the, the greater kind of outlook. We plan about two years ahead, so we're doing a lot of planning all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess people don't, yeah, don't expect you to be that far ahead. So I guess you're working on projects for the end of 22 now then as well. Yeah, we've got one thing we're looking at for 2022 as a firm thing to do. Obviously, you have bands releasing records and then doing new records. So you have things cycling around all the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we know what our 2021 looks like. COVID dependent you know we've got a band like Press Club who are Australian demoing the new album and they can't even meet up at the moment because, <laughs> so it's good I don't know when they're going to be able to do that because they've had a resurgence there so yeah has, has it affected the label in any other ways the COVID the pandemic yeah well and the shops have been open yeah so we still sell quite a lot of physical stuff we sell a lot of vinyl so that's a problem and then um we sell a lot on the road, you know, tour sales. So the bands have been touring, so that's a problem. Um, and then, of course, the bands aren't promoting the music they do. So it's the main life side of what we do is very, very important, as you know. So uh, it's that's kind of triple whammy there. But obviously, we're not 
the same position as our friends in live music who have got, you know, they've got no activity at the minute, so it's difficult for them. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Wes, as you mentioned, with Hustle Records starting in 2005, you said you were part of different labels before working in the industry for, for a long time. But what was the early days of the record label like? Uh, I mean, when you first got Hassle as its own independent label, what was the, what was the day-to-day basis? How did everything really come about after that? What was the initial story of the beginnings of the label? Well, myself and Nigel Adams, who, Nigel runs the full-time hobby because we have two labels. Uh, full-time hobby does all the indie stuff. And me and I run Hassle doing all the sort of heavier stuff. Nigel and I have been friends for like, we worked together 20 years ago and we, our old company was being sold to Warner Brothers. My old boss was like, oh, come work at Warner's and uh, come and do, come work for me there. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to work for a lot of bands I don't like, you know. <laughs> so um, I remember the first thing he got, he, he, he showed me he was doing was the new Paris Hilton single. I'm like, thank fuck, I'm not doing that. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Okay, and, you know, fair play to my old boss because he's a very successful businessman, but um, I don't know if you want to work for music we like, you know. <laughs> so what happened was me and Nigel got together, same ethos, decided to start our own indie label, and that, that's kind of, anybody can do it really, you know. Everybody should have a go if they want to have a go, you know. Why not? That's awesome. Yeah, I read that, um, yeah, you guys' first signing was uh, Juliet and the Licks. Yeah, to Hassel it was. Yeah, Chris, who, who did the job that Meese does before we, before Meese joined, um, it was funny because I'd gone to the office one morning and he said, oh, have you heard of Juliet Lewis, the actress? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And he said, well, she's got, she's got new music. And I'm like, well, it's bound to be terrible, isn't it? Actors and actresses do not, do not make good, in my opinion, musicians. But, you know, what do I know? But anyway, played the EP and I thought, wow, this is really good. So um, it was, and then we got in touch and they're like, yeah, we need, we need help in Europe. Can you do it? And I'm like, yep, we can do it. And that's how we started. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. And it did really, I mean, it was really big for us. Really big. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but he was doing two to 3,000 cap venues in the end. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and over this 15 years, I mean, Hassle Records has, have helped release and worked with so many iconic albums uh, in that time with some bands uh, very important in the scene from not only now with the likes of The Used and Frank Iero, but Canterbury, We Are The Ocean, Alexis On Fire. The, the list is endless. In that time, what's been some of your favourite memories working with bands? And, and just how have you seen the evolution of of working in the industry? Look, you know, music, like technology in the world, is changing, I'm not going to say daily, but definitely every weekly, if not monthly. So when we first started... We'd sell a lot of CDs, you know, and we didn't sell much vinyl, actually. Um, and then, of course, iTunes came along and destroyed the CD. Then just when you get used to iTunes, streaming comes along. So that, you know, in terms of the way you do stuff, that, that, that changes all the time. Vinyl is now very big for us. Some of our bands are doing four, 5,000 units on vinyl, which is good, you know, so that's good. I think that's quite um, reassuring because... With a piece of vinyl, you know, it's a piece of, to me, it's a piece of art. The cover, what it is, you know, the vinyl itself, the fact that band puts so much effort into it, and then we do, I think that's like a complimentary thing. So that's, that's quite good to see. So, um, and then musically, yeah, when we first started, um, the whole emo punk thing was very, very big, wasn't it? You know, it was a big scene. And that's definitely, that's definitely been driven on the ground now. Uh, I'm sure we all, we all know that. You've only got to look at the Reading Festival lineup now to... <laughs> 15 years ago and now it's completely different isn't it yeah. so and then who knows what the next scene will be coming through you know because the kids listening to all the um the trap and 
that kind of music now, I'm sure, pretty sure the younger brothers are thinking, oh, shit, I don't want to listen to that. So, uh, <laughs> but um, Nish, do you want to jump in, mate? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, Red's kind of hit the nail on the head there in terms of it, it's just things have constantly evolved over the past like 10 years in the music industry in terms of distribution and scenes. Um, so uh, it, it, it's, it's really weird because time sort of has flown as well. I mean, it only feels like two weeks ago we were celebrating our 10th anniversary. And, and as we kind of said to begin with, because we're always planning like two years ahead, time just goes even quicker. Like we're, we're constantly looking so far ahead. So um, it, it's quite weird looking back on the last um, like eight years that I've been there and yeah, how quick that's gone and how things have changed. And, and, and where it says obviously technology has definitely driven that a, a lot. Um, but, but one of the constant things for us is um, in terms of the scenes and stuff that, that, that come and go and, and, and ebb and flow is that one of the things for us is we always have just worked with stuff that we, that we just genuinely love. That's always been our ethos. Like we're a really small team. Um, every band that we that we sign, we have a long conversation internally, and we will spend a long time chatting to fans and management, whoever's involved in the team as well. Um, and it's just something that we love, and then and therefore we we've just you know we trust our own opinions um, and our own gut in in that sense. And that's one of the you know fantastic things about our job. Yeah, we we, we we're not dictated to by you know the head of a corporation um we just follow what, what we want to work with which is amazing mm. and we try to have a good laugh at the same time <laughs> that too that's important uh, yeah i did read in um yeah i did read in the press pr about uh, you sending copies of the dvd uh, heavy metal parking lot to bands apparently yeah that's that like you know 10 years 15 years going bands just to come through especially the american bands you know that would be in the bands a lot we give them dvds of that because I think it's a brilliant piece of, I don't know, it's just, it's just brilliant, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. No, I read that and I thought that's, that's genius. And um, your mantra, um, we don't really give a fuck, but we uh, really do care. Is that what I get on the right order? Yeah, but we do really care. Yeah, I thought that was genius because until I read that sentence <laughs> this morning, I, I never thought of it like that. But that's exactly, that's literally how I feel about... Yeah, the majority of things. It's like I don't care. Like I like since like since my old band split up or whatever, I start a new band now and that is literally the that is literally the ethos of us moving forward. And um yeah, it's 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 awesome to see from a record label as well. And um yeah, how did, yeah, how did that mantra kind of come about? Is it just how you guys are as people or is it just over time the industry has made made you like that? For me, it's kind of like, I don't know, it must go back to when I was younger, you know, playing in bands and stuff, because I was at school, long-haired lout, you know, and playing in bands, and, you know, the girls didn't really like me very much, which was a bit of a piss of it, you know. So <laughs> me and that group of lads used to hang out and play in bands. Um, again, we, <laughs> we didn't give a fuck, you know, we were just having a good time, you know, and um, it kind of evolved into a career, so it's kind of gone with me, that. It's kind of a powerful thing, because um, a friend of mine really took the piss out of me, and... Because, oh, you know, you work for Peter Andre, music, shit, and all that stuff, and this isn't my old company. And I'm like, yeah, but we just sold a million singles. And we're an independent company. You know, we're, we're battling against Sony Warner, and, you know, I don't really give a fuck what you think. And Peter Andre's a really nice bloke as well, so actually I'm going to work hard for him. So it's kind of gone through the whole of what, what we've done, really, I think. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, there's loads of things we, we kind of want to touch on, but I want to dissect a few things a second, because... 
people listening to this are huge music fans and really want to know the behind the scenes on, on a lot of things inside the industry. And I think maybe a, a modern misconception is when bands uh, on a record label that you know they've made it, that's when the hard work kind of uh, stops. But really, that's, that's when it begins in a lot of ways. So can you t- talk a, a little bit about your working relationship with bands uh, uh, on that side of things, being able to uh, help them with helping yourself as well i mean how, how does that relationship kind of go hand in hand it's uh, yeah it's um i suppose like we have a uh we obviously have a responsibility for the for the artists that we that we work with mm. so that's why as i mentioned before we, we spend a lot of time discussing internally and with artists and management before we start working with a band and and that's one of the things that we talk about with them really early is actually how much work needs to go into it as you say like actually the sort of getting on board and, and developing the team is actually sort of step one really um of trying to move things forward and trying to develop um and, and as i say we, we we feel a real responsibility towards our bands in that and we we're there to to guide and to develop and you know we to build their careers as best as we possibly can yeah we, we always um it's a very it's a two-way relationship. We consult with them on pretty much everything. You know, we're an independent. It's artistic control. If a band wants to do it a certain way, we'll advise them. And nine times out of ten, or eight times out of ten, a band will will probably have an agreement on how they do things. And every now and then we don't. And sometimes you know the band are wrong, and sometimes we're wrong. You know, but it's 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 definitely a collaboration. You know, there's no we're not in, we're not into butting heads with bands. That's just rubbish. What's the point of that? It's too hard. <laughs> It's too difficult yeah. to break bands if you're if you're fighting the bands as well as everybody else. What is the point? Hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, how, how do bands? Well, how do you find like the last crop of bands that you've signed or you've put records out for? How did you come across those bands? Was it was there any like them self submitting or did you go out and find those guys? Bits of everything, you know. A lot of it's recommendation from people we trust. It might be um, keeping your ear to the ground and small blogs playing stuff, you know, because they're locally from somewhere. I mean, Meese bought in Press Club. How did you find them, Meese? So Press Club, um, Press Club and Pagan, another one of our sort of recent Australian bands, um, both of those I discovered by listening to Triple J in Australia, listening to local radio, and they were both part of the Short, Fast, Loud show, both championed on their and also part of the sort of unearthed Triple J uh, incentive that they have going. So, uh, yeah, that's how I found both of those, just by listening to local radio. And, and you know, the same thing here, you know, we listen to obviously Dan's show a lot, and we, 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 we know Dan and, and producer, and we speak to them a lot. And the same with like Alex Baker, he's been such a, such a great advocate of, of new music. Yeah, listening to those guys, um, looking at those blogs and what else he's covering, and just listening to a, a lot of music. I mean, Lonely the Brave was recommendations from people we trust. Petrol Girls was a, a guy who runs a college down in um, Worcester, I think, and I think the band were playing there and he just thought they were the best band he'd seen since, you know, since Rage Against the Machine. You know, it's those kinds of things. And occasionally we get sent things that actually into the office that we get a chance to listen to and occasionally we'll, we'll follow that as well. You know, so it's every, every kind of source. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I just wanted to find out for yeah for the sake of listeners who just are in bands and just want to find out. Well, that that's the thing. I don't think a lot of people 
actually realize how things work with, with stuff like that and i think a, a, another big misconception is the difference between independent labels and major labels I, i'm sure you've had to deal with that as well from time to time yeah i mean and there's different types of independent labels because you get independent labels that are that are very very big like domino and beggars mm. beggars, beggars banquet but they still have an independent ethos um and then you've got the majors and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not into major bashing because uh, we've worked with them a lot. We've got lots of good friends at majors. Hmm. And I think the majors are really good at certain things. I mean, Biffy is still on Warner, aren't they? So they've bought done six albums of Warner now. Yeah. So if Biffy weren't happy with Warner, they'd have been off Warner. So it works for some bands. And it, it's just a different approach. And obviously with a major, you tend to add one or two noughts to budgets, being quite simple about it. You, 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 and that's good and bad because if you add a th- one or two noughts to a budget, you've got to add one or two noughts to sales to make it work. So <laughs> it's pros and cons. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mentioned a whole list uh, of bands you've worked with over the last you know decade and a half already. But what's some of being your some of your favorite campaigns, releases, and just relationships you've been able to do to work with individuals and stuff in the past? Is there any one that really comes to mind on just a great time you had? putting out a record together? Well, I have to say, most of the bands we work with, it's it's not like having a job, you know, it's, it is fun, you know, it's, we enjoy it. Taking a band like We Are The Ocean, from nothing to A-listed at Radio 1, yeah. over a period of five or six years, that was, doing stuff like that is satisfying, you know, because you actually, I don't know, it's, it's kind of proves it, what you were thinking was right and it, it's good for the band. And so doing things like that, you know, I mean, a band like Brutus, I mean, Belgian three-piece that are growing now quite rapidly. And I reckon that third album's going to come out. We could chart it all over Europe and people are going to say, who's this new band? And we would have been working on them for five years, you know? <laughs> yeah, Brutus's been one that's been really um, enjoyable to watch because it has just been just really natural, organic development. They're really nice people. They work really hard. And we've just been realistic all the way through of our uh, aims and how we want to develop the band and been really honest with them. We've got a great relationship with them. Um, and it's been brilliant. I mean, you know, they're, they're selling out shows across across Europe and they've just started touring in, in the US, mm. just growing internationally. And like Wes said, this is a three-piece punk band from, from Belgium. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's amazing to see that. Yeah. For the Nest album, we actually went out to their hometown we spent the afternoon doing the nitty gritty artwork, bio, you know, all that sort of stuff, all the technical stuff. Then in the evening, we had a really nice meal and some lovely Belgian restaurant. And then they took us to the local bar and we got there at 11 on a Wednesday night and it was pretty busy. And we left at one o'clock. It's fucking getting busier. It's just great times to do stuff like that and see, see other, you know, other countries and towns. And, you know, those, those towns have got great music scenes, you know? Mm, yeah. Really good music scenes. I think uh, another one that we uh, worked with recently that sort of stands out um, is probably working with Frankie Arrow as well. Because what was amazing with, with Frankie is he, he's just such a gentleman. Mm. I mean, I know you guys have spoken to him before as well. Um, he's just such a nice guy, so down to earth. And he just, we just clicked um, in the way that, you know, he had this new solo project that he wanted to, um, to get out there. And he believed in what we were saying and we really believed in the project. And, and that was just brilliant. Yeah, he's a top chap, top no, chap, Bigger, in the biggest band in the world. Doesn't have to be, <laughs> doesn't have, doesn't have to be lovely. Is lovely, great. What a guy! 
Exactly. Just just like um, just spending time with him, and you know, I went on a few promo trips with him into Europe, and and obviously, just I could just listen to him talk all day. Just the amount of stories that he has, um, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. On that on that theme, where you're talking about like how nice someone is, have you had any? I guess this is gossipy of me, but is it, have you had any night, nightmares working with any bands? You don't have to name the bands, but I'm yeah, just... We've had, yeah, no, we have. We had, you know, it's about 5% nightmares. <laughs> Which is also an excellent band name, 5% nightmares. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, and who knows why that happens? You can get a clash of personalities, I guess. You can get, if it hasn't gone quite as well as the band wanted, that's tricky. And that's a shame because obviously we don't want it to go badly. <laughs> um, but sometimes it doesn't always go to plan, you know. So, yeah, the answer is you definitely have the difficult. You know, what we're doing is art, not science. You know, there's no correct answer to what we do. Just tricky moments for sure. Hmm. But, but with that as well, I mean, like in negotiations with people and trying to work out how you can work together, has there ever been just a, a weird or random, like obscure demand from bands thinking they can push the label because you're a record label, they can push the boundaries and say, hey, yeah, but we want a boat, a Jimmy, a Julian. Has there been any random things like that over the years? I don't know. We've never had that because ultimately we've never really had that kind of, those kind of budgets. Yeah. So people can't take the piss because we haven't got the money for them to take the piss, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah no, no, honestly, I can't think of anything. I think people realise very – we do kind of say to people, what are you looking for early on? The best story I've got is we were looking actually – I don't know if I've told you this, Meese, but when we were looking for, you know, what Meese does now, that product manager, we had some guy come in and give the job. And we said to him, oh, how much do you see the salary being? And he said, oh, 100 grand a year. And I'm like, <laughs> I just, I've never, I don't know, it always, it always made me angry. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. How can you sit there saying you want to get paid £100,000 a year doing that kind of role at an independent record company? A product manager at a major doesn't get, you know, anywhere near that. I mean... <laughs> It's, it was beyond. So that's the kind of weirdest thing that's happened that, to me at Hassel was somebody coming in saying, yeah, that was 100 grand a year. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I hope he hears this. He knows who, he knows who he is as well. <laughs> Call him out. <laughs> Call him out. No, no, no. Um, yeah, what was, um, what was the record that you, uh, that you put out that did better than expected or was better received or was just, I don't know, was, shock, was shocking? Either way, really. First line, the Brave record did really well. You know, the band had been around for a while and, um, I mean, I loved the record, so I was pretty gung-ho about it straight from the off, but, um, I mean, I did really, really well, that record. I still can't get why they're not actually <laughs> bigger than they are, to be honest, but anyway. Yeah, our records don't tend to explode because A, budgets, and B, the kind of music it is, but I do think they're good records, and I think over a long period of time, they will stand the test of time, and actually... In 10 or 15 years' time, some of those records would have sold a lot over 10 or 15 years. I mean, that first Brutus album keeps selling. If it keeps selling for the next 15 years, it's going to sell a lot. I suppose another one of those that sort of stands out is the um, Casey debut as well, Love Is Not Enough. Going from that first album to that second album, the development that they had and um, the amount of growth they had just because they were totally just sort of worked under their own rules, um, just believed 100% in what they were doing. And 
the, the development and the growth that we saw in that band across those two albums was just amazing. You know, they, they, they went to, um, they finished up selling out a thousand cap venues in Germany uh, on that second AM campaign. And it's a weird one talking about it because it's also a bit of a touchy subject just because it's one that we don't like to think about a lot because that band just could have, could have kept going. And unfortunately, they decided it was, it was their time to, to call it a day. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was great to see how well they developed. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I was I was going to mention is I feel that a lot as a music fan that a lot of Hassle Records albums have been kind of like cult classics and ones that mean a lot more than people then kind of why I was in the charts and stuff like that. I mean, you mentioned Casey. It's been the same with Canterbury, that We Are The Ocean record, uh, Four Years Strong. I'm, I mean, I could sit here for ages and name so many bands, but is, do you think that's more of a representation of, of working with Hassle that these albums become that kind of focal point in the community? Yeah, I mean, I mean like we said earlier, we don't um, sign bands for that specific reason. We sign because we like them. And if you like something, you're going to work harder for it. So it really is that simple. And then hopefully they go on and they either become cult classics or they have a more success, you know. So um, I don't want to bust any myths, but it's no more simple than that. <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember when I heard, um, I heard Dark Days by uh, Canterbury for the first time and I was... Well, I think, I think the Blackout took them on tour and I said to Canterbury, I said... Uh, when you are playing stadiums, let us open for you because I was convinced. Like I loved that record. It was it was it was probably on play for me for two years straight. Um, yeah, and, and really, com- really good record. Oh, unbelievable! I thought they were going to be yeah. I d- I thought they were going to be the biggest band in Britain, but sadly they. Also, I think the tide was turning against that kind of band, wasn't it? Because Radio One stopped playing those kind of bands around yeah. that time. Yeah. You know. We wouldn't be able to get We Are The Ocean on the Radio 1 C-list, let alone A-list now. You listen to Radio 1 now, it's just nonsense, isn't it, to be honest? In terms of musical genre that I like, I mean, you speak to the head of Radio 1 and he'd tell, he'd tell you he's providing music that people like, but Radio 1 shouldn't do that because they're actually a state-funded body and they should <laughs> play a cross-section of music. Another, that's another conversation. So, yeah, the timing was all wrong for that band. Yeah. Do, do you think sometimes, though, that can be the right like whole aspect of it is right place, right time. Yeah, one hundred percent. I do. Yeah. Also, for in terms of where a band is at a current time, but also where a band are at, at in their lives, you get to a certain point in your life where you've toured for five years and it's exhausting. And if you're not making good money, that becomes very difficult because it puts big pressure on the bands personally. You know, relationships, husbands, wives, kids. If kids come along. You know, bloody kids. That's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> Other people's <laughs> bloody kids happened. We, we, like, we like to plan for that because that's just natural part of life, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But, but as well, I, I mean, is there, any, is there any other stories of being able to work with certain, with certain bands that have just been just so joyous or just had a great time of really seeing how they evolved while working with you? Well, well Press Club are a good band to be working with because... I think they've got enormous potential. You know, we're doing probably better in Germany with than we are here with them. The singer's amazing. She's just a ball of energy. And she's, I mean, she's such a good writer and performer. And just seeing them come through 
is really it's, it's a joy it's just difficult that Covid's happened are there stories any stories Miss? can you think of anything uh, I'm not sure. I mean, on, on the I mean, on the press club side. I mean, they are um, they're completely independent. Uh, they release independently in Australia, like just just themselves. Um, and and outside of Europe, we just look after Europe for them. So that was a that was really like a long conversation that we had with them uh, before signing them because they're, again, they're, they're they're inviting new people into their team, and we're you know thousands of miles away. I think we ended up actually re-releasing that debut album almost a year after they released it in Australia, just because it took so long to have that conversation and, and develop that relationship with them. And we we never have a problem with that. You know, we, we, we enjoy getting to know our bands and connecting with them and making sure that we're on the same page because we are going to be part of a team together. And it's really important that, that we have all those conversations. Um, but yeah, the, the way the reaction to that debut record was great and and then touring, um, doing the festivals they have across Europe. It's just been, it's just been great. It's always so enjoyable just to see bands develop and, you know, come, come to, especially bands like that in Australia, come to, come to UK or Europe with literally zero expectations and, you know, have a bunch of fans there at the shows, a bunch of media that wants to talk to them. And they're, you know, they can't believe it thousands of miles away that they, that they have this kind of fan base. So, being able to enable bands to to do that to to develop mm. their fan base internationally is yeah is is amazing yeah yeah well you said you said then it like it took a year to put the record out so I guess my next question would be like what's what's the hardest part to deal with while working with bands is it the bands themselves is it management is it PR well every band's different you know I mean only about half of our bands are managed. So we end up doing it kind of for them without getting paid for it, which is fine. It's kind of part of what we do. And the problem is of those 50% of managers that are around, a lot of those people aren't particularly good. But, you know, when you get a good manager come along, that, they're worth their weight in gold, you know. So that, so that makes it, that, that can be difficult if a band haven't, if a band or a manager doesn't know what they're doing, that's difficult because they get in the way and they kind of tend to do things just for the sake of it or, justify the position whereas it it doesn't need to be like that you know but it does happen occasionally yeah i mean and then sometimes pr is difficult because if the if a pr campaign is not going like you want it you have to have words with the pr and say look you know what's going on you know some prs genuinely have tried and it hasn't worked and some haven't tried <laughs> you still got to pay them <laughs> yeah and you guys know what it's like i mean uh media obviously over the past sort of five years it's just it's just shrunk you know in terms of saying in terms of like printed media and as Wes said before in terms of opportunities at like Radio 1 and getting that exposure and those kind of channels like opportunities have slimmed down slightly so uh, so it can be really difficult with, with media and that can be challenged because obviously we want the best exposure for uh, an artist and a, and a campaign um, and that's what they're after so you know yeah it, it, there can be some tricky conversations in that sense but we never shy away from having those conversations because we, we're part of the team and we want to just be up front and having like an honest, trustworthy relationship with the band is really important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and speaking of campaigns and kind of the word exposure used quite a bit there, in the early days of this podcast, one thing that became such a running theme was how bands really are looking to release music in the future. I mean, now a lot more we're seeing bands release the odd singles now and again, 
that will eventually go on the record, but really to kind of get the exposure of being on Spotify playlists and, and stuff like that. How have you seen with Hassle Records that, that, that difference of releasing? I, I mean, is that something you're now on a day-to-day thing is trying to get bands more on playlists and that kind of thing leading up to a record? I, I mean, how do you see that side of things now? At the moment... But that's the main thing, isn't it? Trying yeah. to get playlists, to be honest. Because um, if you get decent playlists, you see the streams go up quite quickly and that brings extra exposure. Okay, I've used the word again, but anyway, that brings you more plays. It brings income, which is a good thing. We've adapted the way we do things because of the streaming age, but we still put albums out because it still feels like a relevant way of doing it. And I mean, you know, also, if you put an album out and people like it, buy it it is still the main driver for, for income for a band now. Streaming for metal and punk bands is not that big at the moment. You know, it's not... A million streams sounds like a lot, but that's only £3,500 in, million streams. So it's not that much money, actually. No. <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. yeah. Those, those playlists kind of um, can almost work like word of mouth does as well because obviously if you get on those plays with other similar artists which you know there's a fan base that you're trying to appeal to um if you're on a playlist with those artists and then you start appearing in release radar of people that have listened to those other bands then it's kind of like that word of mouth it's like you're getting to those other fan bases which in a development kind of stage is exactly what you're trying to do yeah on on many levels i i kind of see it more as but the modern version of radio, I mean, not to knock radio, you know, I've worked in it for years prior to this and everything, and it's still, it's still a key force for, for a lot of bands. But it seems that that streaming, plat- streaming platforms now are the way a lot of people discover bands, and, uh, and it helps really bands get that exposure to go to be able to play festivals, bigger tours, support slots. I mean, I, I've heard many stories of a band asking for when booking support, how many Spotify streams do you do a month? Yeah, no, completely. Everybody's looking at that. When we when we try and get radio play, a lot of the producers will say, "Well, what's your streaming app?" Mm. So it's you know it's, it's kind of a ask about face, really. I mean, especially the BBC, because as I say, you know that they're, they're not a commercial station; they shouldn't be looking at that. But anyway, it kind of feels like um, that's the new. It's like beforehand, everyone used to look at how many Facebook likes mm. fans had, um, whereas now it's yeah, how many monthly listens do you have? Um, it feels like that's the new Facebook likes, basically. The first few things people look at. Yeah, what a wild situation. Like, they won't play it on radio until it's had a couple of million Spotify plays. It almost doesn't make sense. Like, I feel like radio should be breaking some of these artists to, for them to then go on to have those streams. Well, it'd be not. I mean, it's good that it's great that people like you guys are around because um, that's how people are really love music and find new bands, you know. But they're going to be, it's, it's important. I mean, the BBC does have a network of introducing the two played local bands still. So that's really, really good. Um, I think it's really, really important. I think one of the problems now as well is compared to 20 years ago, there's so much for younger, the younger generation to do in terms of gaming. And gaming is so big now, isn't it? Music's a slight distraction compared to where it was 20 years ago, I think. But no less important to, to us. And hopefully that changes as people get older as well, I think. Yeah. 
No, I was just gonna say I've I've noticed still you know, in years how much vinyl especially has become something I've been so much more interested in. And if there's a band or a record coming out that I really want to listen to, I'd rather get it on record first and listen to it that way before going on Spotify and, and all these different platforms. Yeah, we see we see those two things running alongside each other definitely. And I think it's I think people are a bit more aware now that if I I mean Piracy is still an issue, actually. You'd be surprised how much piracy is still around. But um, I think people are a bit more aware now that if they do not pay for a band's music, that band will not exist. So it's your choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, I guess while talking about vinyl, we should just talk about the 15 by 15. Sure, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Morg, go on, Yeah, on, well, on October 30th, you're going to be releasing our 15 uh, and incredible records of the label's history talk to us about some of them i mean why why some of these records in particular i'm sure they bring back so many memories looking back uh, to some iconic albums you've done in the past yeah i mean look juliet lewis was easy because it's the first one it's never been on vinyl we had the ocean we had a run with them it's you know brilliant band that nearly nearly made it um that record's not been on vinyl before Lonely the Brave, there's an extra disc on that one because one part of the, that release didn't come out on vinyl. So that, that was, that's been big for us. That was an easy one to do. Some of the bands we've worked with, we don't have the license for anymore. So we, we didn't actually ask for one or two, like Alkaline Trio, we tried to get Crimson, we couldn't get it. We're still very friendly with Vagrant. Don't get me wrong, I'm not having a go at Vagrant. They're just like, look, we've got more plans. We can't, we can't let you have it, you know, so that's fine. And we wanted it to be a cross-section of older bands, you know, the the previous bands but some of the new bands as well that are actually really important to us and that's growing you know yeah I think that is getting a mix of, of old and new is something that we wanted to do and also we wanted to just kind of try and show the different sides of, of, of the bands that we've worked with I think like the, the sort of spectrum of bands you know um, to have like a Juliet in there um, but to also have like a trash talk at the same time like a, a press club and the cancer bat. So yeah, we kind of wanted just to show that uh, the kind of variety of, of music that we've worked with, um, but also yeah, showing that old and new. Some stuff that hasn't been on vinyl, um, and some stuff that probably people never knew that we worked on. But at the same time, kind of trying to flag some of the new stuff that we mm. that we really want to um, shout about as well. Yeah, what's the been the reaction to? from a band's point of view as well because as you said a lot of these now are bands you're working with but ones that you haven't worked with in a while at the same time I mean everybody's been very supportive to be honest like we are the ocean they've all got sort of day jobs now Dan works for all power and um, yeah they've all been posting out and you know supporting what we do some of them are doing interviews to different PR press as well so you know everybody's pretty supportive to be honest yeah we are open to have um I guess Dan or Liam or one of the boys from uh, We Are The Ocean On Soon um, as part of this like hassle special we're doing so I think it'd be interesting to hear because obviously when we signed We Are The Ocean Alfie was 17 and the others were like 18 and 19 so they were very young <laughs> like, Alfie yeah. started touring when he was 15 that's crazy I think it'd be very interesting to hear that period of time you know how they came through and um, did the Blackout Muscle tour with um, We Are The Ocean yeah yeah, we did. Yeah, we did a few tours with them. I think a few. I think yeah, <laughs> we did. Uh, yeah, our biggest, our biggest headline tour. We took them out. We took them and Canterbury out. Um, uh, 
Yeah, so I don't know if there's any outstanding fees or anything out from the label, but <laughs> we could we could discuss that when we finish anyway. And um, yeah, we'll talk about me sending you my new band stuff as well. Um, what? Uh, yeah, we did a couple of We Are the Ocean tours. Um, we took them up with a band called From First to Last as well. Um, I think we took them out. We took them a couple of times with Dan, and then a couple of times post Dan as well. I think. Um, but yeah, great boys great band great music yeah definitely definitely but but kind of celebrating this 15 years and we, you've talked very passionately about a lot of the current roster you have right now um brutus is definitely one we're huge fans of we saw him live at 2000 trees Festival uh last year but we've got to talk about uh fox jaw as well because they've just released their debut album it seems that that's gone down an absolute treat uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yes, their debut album, we've been working with them for maybe about 18 months now. We did an EP beforehand, first thing that we did with them. Um, and then we've just been working towards this debut album. And of course, this came, you know, mid lockdown and with the current situation we have. And, and I think a lot of people looked at potentially moving albums, release dates, etc. We We kind of felt like it was the right thing just to put it out. There's a lot of people out there looking for new music at the moment. And although they couldn't tour around the album release, you know, hopefully that'll be coming back sooner rather than later. So, um, yeah, this one's been, this one's been great for us. We, we love those guys. They're so creative. They're, they're such a unique band. And it's been great to see the reaction, you know, from the radio bits we've had from the media coverage. Um, and it's, it's kind of feels like actually it was kind of a good time to release it because it feels like, people have had more time to listen to new music recently. So actually, um, we kind of see, we've seen it just grow. Like since release, we're constantly seeing reorders come in. We're constantly seeing more people talk about it. We're seeing more radio play come in, more live offers for next year. So it's, um, yeah, it's one that we're really, really happy about. And we, let's say we, we love those guys. So hopefully it's the you know, start of a really long uh, relationship with them. I mean, I can't really add much to that except the fact that it's hard to um, classify what kind of band they are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've had that and, trouble. Uh, I don't know. What is it? But, but that's fine. You know, that's, we're fine with that. I mean, again, in Germany, the German press has been unbelievable. I mean, like, brilliant. I mean, UK's been good, but Germany's been brilliant. Wow. They've only played one show there. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've found that, uh, yeah, the Germans, they normally, they normally like something a little bit... Just off. If it's just off, they will <laughs> devour it. Either that, either that, or Scarpunk. If it's Scarpunk, they'll have a look at that as well. <laughs> I mean, it's funny actually. We've been working with a PR company in Germany for ten years now called Starcult. They do all our stuff, and those guys are total legends. They always deliver for us. And um, unfortunately, we're not going to Reaper Barn. We usually go to Reaper Barn September every year. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. When we used to have three or four bands on, and we used to have like two or three nights out with the lads from. Uh, Mike and Dennis from, uh, from Starcon. It's just bloody brilliant laughs. Yeah, I'd imagine taking Fox Joe to the Reaper Barn might be um, true. Yeah, mm. a, a weird decision. Yeah, a crazy decision. You might never see him again. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, and uh, what, what else coming up now is do you have? Well, minute, we're, 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 we've got a tricky position now because. Some of our bands can't actually bloody record because of the countries they're in have gone to big lockdown. Mm. So it's proven quite difficult for us to schedule a few things. Um, 
So there's that. We've got a new band called Glue, who are a three-piece from Littlehampton. And they're a bit more, I mean, I don't know, they're, how would you describe them, Mies? They're not... It's maybe more like uh, garage rock, yeah, garage punk kind of more like um, than the normal stuff that we do. Okay, um, and they're they're great, a brilliant sense of humour. Um, so, and the thing is, we were talking to them yesterday actually because the album's delivered now. We we'll just get the final mixes in, and they're like, "Well, do we put it, do we push the album back to the end of next year?" And we're like, "Well, I don't know. If we do that, it could be very crowded. So we that might be a band that literally have done." pretty much no gigs that we have to put an album out for. Oh, wow. And that's going to be difficult. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's crazy to hear the kind of, that planning aspect, especially in, in these times, because you, know, you said there, like if they pushed it back a year, that might be so crowded because so many other bands are doing that. There's so many albums already planned to go out that year. But then at the same time, I know a lot of bands are worried putting music out now because they can't tour it. It's, it's trying to find that middle ground. Yeah, completely. It's, it's complete. There is no right answer. For Fox no. Short, it's been the right thing to do. Definitely. It's mm. worked really well. As me said, it's gone down really well. Maybe people are listening to a bit more new music because they've got a bit more time. So it's worked for Fox Jaw, So um, hopefully it'll work for Glue as well. Yeah, it's, it's, a really, it's a really difficult balance to strike because also you like, um, you know what it's like. Bands, if they're away for too long, can soon be sort of forgotten and, and it's important that we don't like don't get to go through a period where they don't release anything especially like a developing band so we want to try and build momentum again towards an album release and we just kind of hope there'll be some live activity that's possible around then but as I said there's no right or wrong answer at the moment we kind of just have to yeah. um, make a plan and stick with it yeah yeah exactly um uh, and just to pick your guys' brains, just a couple more things now before you go. Um, is there any other real advice you'd give to any people in bands listening to this or musicians or stuff try, trying to really break it in music at the moment? I mean, is there any little thing that you would really suggest they look at or try and come to deals with or anything like that? It's all about the planning. Like we said, you know, it's all about the planning. And short, short and long-term planning, you know, what can you do today? And then what can you do in a year's time? And what, where do you want to be in five years? And how do you do that? And it's all about thinking about that carefully and sensibly, I think. Um, and then never giving up, really. If you, can, if, you can, if you can never give up, you might make it sort of thing. It, I mean, look, it's difficult. <laughs> Not being blase about it, so, you know, it's difficult. Yeah. And as well, I would love if both of you could tell us the uh, best memory or story or anything like that you've had or you love to share with people from your fifteen, from your time in Hassle Records. I, I mean, there must be something that really, that really comes to your mind that when you look back and have that kind of five minutes to think about all the crazy stuff you've been able to achieve, that really go, oh, that that's one of the memories that, that really stick out for me, and I. I tell people well, in the early days I mean me to say this a lot so he's probably bored with this one but um, we were trying to sign My Chemical Romance we had a chance and they came in the office and I took him out for egg and chips <laughs> and I signed somebody else wow uh, um, but, egg uh, and chips egg and chips yeah and um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny actually because the label I went with it was the first um, album um, what's that called you brought me your love, I put uh, your bullets. bullets. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was that album. And the, the, the guy, the manager at the time, called me and said, look, you know, guys loved you, but 
the label that signed it were Universal Funded, and they spent more on their airfares than you did on your offer. Wow. Bloody hell. Problem is, that's because that's all the money I've got. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't have any more money. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, oh, yeah, I spoke to the manager, and the manager's like, oh, yeah, they had ha- uh, they had egg ham and chips with, with, the other, with Universal. <laughs> yeah, so close. <laughs> One side portion away. Bagger. Uh, for me, actually, it's quite easy. One of the things that really stands out for me is my very first day of working in this role in Hassel after my internship, when I came back. very first day was when was the release of um, the last Camps That's album, that we did dead set on living oh, right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we, they did um, six shows around London all in the same day. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, did the pentagram. So pentagram. pentagram. <laughs> they managed to make that thing look like a pentagram. <laughs> so yeah, we started off at old blue last at 11 in the morning and finished back there at 11 at night. Um, and that was my first day. So that was, that was a perfect introduction. Yeah, that's a that's a long first day. That's a, <laughs> yeah. wow. It's only gone down from there. <laughs> yeah. He's still trying to yeah, chasing the dragon for that high again. I need seven gigs in one day. Seven gigs, come on. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah. A last question from me is, um, I guess, if you could, well, two questions. I guess, is there anyone you've seen right now who's not signed that excites you? And who would be the dream sign-in for you guys? Look, I love bands like Clutch and Deftones, those kind of bands. I used to work for Muse. If I could have signed Muse, that would have been good for obvious reasons. Going forward, there's a band from Horsham I really like called Blue Stragglers. And we're off to see them. Give them a listen. They're actually doing a gig. It'll be the first gig that I've been to since lockdown in Horsham. Like 200 cap venue, 50 people only. So I'm going to go and see them in October. Mace? Yeah, I mean, there's loads of, it feels like there's loads of good stuff around uh, at the moment. Um, there's a band from um, the Midlands that Dan on his rock show on Radio 1 and Alex Baker have been supporting heavily, a band called Myok. Um, they just put a new track out, just self-released. I think it's brilliant. It's like early, biffy kind of stuff, just a two-piece. That's great. And there's, a, there's another band uh, from the US um, called Cuffed Up just put their first EP out. I think I, I think I just found them on um, like a US radio station. Um, but that's brilliant. The EP's brilliant. Um, really excited about what they might do next. Rush speaking to the manager after this call. Oh, cool. Yeah. Fingers crossed then. Fingers crossed. That's, Absolutely. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there he is right now. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't make it up. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I'm good. More. more. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you guys so much. Um, I think this has just been a great insight into how kind of record labels work and the last decade and a half for you guys. Um, yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. I'm very excited to finally get my hands on some of these records on vinyl now. Yes. Brilliant. Look, that's what happened, guys. Yeah, thank you guys. Really enjoyed it. Lovely stuff. Yes. yes. Lovely, 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 lovely. Hey, hope you got northern. Oh, um, yeah. Thank you very much to Wes and Mies from the Mighty Hassle Records for coming on and um, yeah, sharing their stories and insight. And yeah, it was a really, really good chat. 
yeah, learn something new. So yeah, I quite like it when we do a little episodes a little bit different, getting different aspects of the music industry now and again. Some great, great insight into what goes on. But as well, I mean, being that close to singing My Chemical Romance, taking them for egg and chips. What? That's a weird yeah, sentence, no. isn't it? Should have been I'm egg and chips. Um, that would have sealed the deal. Would have sealed the deal. Yeah. If I know, if I know Jared Way, mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing it the Welsh British way. Um, if I know Jared Way, like I think I do, and me and him are like this. You can't see this because on a podcast. But that's me crossing my fingers. Me and Gerard, me and Jared, Gerard are like this, right? He would have definitely signed that if they'd put beans on a side, egg, chips, and beans. Oh, he's nuts for some beans. Is our, is our Jezza, which is what I call him. Well, you, you know, told him, him as well, so you should definitely know where he had for catering every day. I literally got up at seven a.m. every day on our tour, went into catering, and just stood there with my <laughs> eyes. You can't see it as wide as possible, right? Just staring on the hopes that he would come in and then eat, and I'd be like, egg, chips, oh, and beans every day. Apparently, my lawyers have told me to say. Um, Gerard, if you listen to this, um, sorry, I wa- didn't actually watch you eat, um, and I have no idea what your preference is on food. So um, all of that was bollocks. But anyway, thanks again to Apple <laughs> Records. We had a lovely, lovely, lovely time with those guys, um, and yeah, thank you very much to everybody involved who got it all sorted out. And uh, yeah, we're excited. I tell you what, we should do. We should try and get some of those bands that mm. they're doing records with to come on. We should. Chat, so. we should, because you can um, pre-order those vinyl reissues right now at HassleRecords.com, 15 by 15, some of their favourite artists they've worked with over the years. But yeah, you're right, Sean, there's some belters on there from Lonely the Brave, We Are the Ocean, we had Four Years Strong on last week, so if you haven't listened to that episode, go and check it out. There's, that there's was a, a very whole... funny episode. Oh, I'd like to know, I'd like to know what I'm the Casey. Yeah, what happened Casey. to them? So let's, um, yeah, so let's get somebody from Casey on and we'll have a chat about it, is it? I'd like that. We'll try that for soon then. Yeah, let's do that. And you can let us know who you would like on a future episode of Sapman Podcast by heading over to our Twitter and Instagram pages and give us a cheeky message at Sapnin Pod. Yes, that's at S A W P E N I N P O D. At S A P P E N I N P O D. Let us know guests, ideas, topics you want to talk about, um, anything really. Just let us know if if you hate the podcast, which probably makes more. We might get more hate than we will like. Um, if you like the podcast, please let us know because that's nice as well. Especially when we're having sad days, which seems to be a running occur a running occurrence for us. Occurrence, occur occurrence. Oh, we've both gone wrong on saying things today. Makes a change, but yes, send us nice messages at Sapnin Pod. Let us know what guests you want in the future. If it's a different kind of topic, so different kinds of guests like record labels or anything in the future, you'd like us to have a bash at as well. But if you want to, if you love all the madness between Sean and I, why not get even more of that via our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin? There's loads of bonus content on there rambles, videos, discussions, arguments, memes. The list goes on and you can help get this podcast bigger and better than ever before and make new best friends while doing it. Yes, and even do a secret marriage like we mentioned prior to the um, chat we just had with Wes and Meese of, um, 
of Mitch and Emily, who got married secretly yesterday in a church in uh, in Nottingham Town Centre. So, um, not a church. Um, but yeah, f- congratulations to them. I was absolutely chuffed. I would have sent them a voice note, but you can hear my voice, and it was worse yesterday. So <laughs> I sent them a message as soon as I seen there saying, wow, congrats, guys, this is unbelievable. But also, we were invited to the wedding next year, so... Yeah, so congratulations to them. I'm very happy. Uh, love the two of them very, very much. But also, could have invited me and Sean. We could have done a podcast out of it, surely. Like... If they'd asked, we could have got anointed and we could have literally married them. <sighs> Imagine that. Imagine you and me. And right then. <laughs> new Patreon tier. If you want to support the thing, if you want to support the podcast and the boys and um, you're thinking of getting married soon, give us a shout and uh, let us uh, ordain. Let us marry you. Um, which is literally the kiss of death, I'd imagine. So... Maybe not do that. But anyway, check out patreon.com for what's happening. Congratulations to Emily and Mitch. We love you very, very much. And we cannot wait to party with you next year when it's safe, if we're ever allowed out again. Yes. Party on Wayne, or in this case, Mitch and Emily. Um, But speaking of our Patreon... There's loads of people in there we'd like to thank. So if you head over to the description, there's loads of names in there that mean a lot to us. But Sean is now going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Patreon community. Those are the top tiers and the weird names that they have edited themselves into to have a laugh at our expense. Yes. So, and I'm sorry for this because my voice is ruined from yelling all day yesterday. But Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you so, so much. And I genuinely, genuinely mean this. I'm on a proper emo day. Thank you so much to Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwowe, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Janelle Skeletons on Society Caston, Amadine Barno. I, Sean Smith, formally apologise to Sarah James for saying she looks like Marilyn Manson last week. Sorry. 
despite it being factually correct. <laughs> Nathan Crowshaw, all Kelly Young wanted for her birthday was a new Raiders song, Your Wish Is My Command. Dilly, everything is turned to shit, fuck yeah, Grimwood. Ohio is for Emo Chester. Michael Engler, Liam Connolly, Drew Styles, The Cult of David Dickinson, Kelly Irwin, Dana Lasnava, The Max in Dancing, Champion Campion, Kate Gentleman, Prefer Ginger's Patak. Jonathan Phillips, discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it Destructobot, which means, of course, in German, that uh, which, of course, in German means a whale's vagina. Simon Amos, I'm sorry, Ollie Amesbury, but Destructobot is available to purchase and stream right now. Kate Stevenson, Samuel Griffiths, Jenny Munster, Emily Senegals, Lucy Diaz, Martina McManus, John and Emma, Kelly, you know it's time, time to get down when Raiders bring the beat back, Mallory. Becky Andy, Erin Howard, Louis Cook, Marcy Jacobson, Jason Heredia, Sandra Kuwachek, Mike Cunningham, Charles, just Charles now he is, Livy Cropper, James McNaught, Tallulah Grant, Stuart McNaught, Kelly Cannon, Lydia Henson, Tony Michael, Jenny Robbins, Sharif Awadali, Nula Clark and Craig Harris. Everything has turned to shit. Fuck, Fuck yeah. yeah. So yeah, thank you very much to all those people. Thank you very much also for getting the Raiders plugs in because that really helps the fact they get to mention us again. Um, yeah, please check out Raiders Band UK on socials and stuff. Uh, Raiders UK on streaming sites if you want to listen to the songs we've put out so far. Two of them are real good. And we've only put two out, so that's 100% record so far on good songs. Nice. I agree. Completely agree. Also, last week, uh, Bring Me the Rise and Young Blood brought a song out, which I thought was really, really good as well. So I just wanted to get that in now. Oh, okay. Out of the blue. Oh, so, uh, yeah, it was out of the blue. But thank you again to everyone involved in our Patreon community. We love you very, 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 very much. If you get married secretly, just give us a heads up, innit? And um, Tidy, uh, Sean, um, stream Destructive Bot by Raiders now on all streaming platforms. Is there anything else you'd like to mention? Uh, no. Uh, new video for Destructobot search Destructobot on YouTube and Raiders and you should find it that's if it's gone September the 12th or if it is September the 12th if it's September the 11th right now um, I'm sorry uh, video's out tomorrow um, love you um, my voice is knackered as well as my head so Aww. I'm just gonna go now okay right, see you later Sapnin Sapnin thanks for listening my voice has got worse as this has gone on like I can't <clears throat> I can't get over it. You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>